Welcome to Your Wellbeing Podcast, brought to you by the Mind Body Spirit Festival. With us today is Kyle Grave via video link from his home in Scotland. Kyle is an international speaker and best selling author of seven books, including the much loved Angel Prayers and Raise Your Vibration. He's also co created three Oracle card decks, including Angel Prayers, that have wowed his audience by bringing a modern and exciting face to the angels, ancestors, and ascended masters. His books and cards have been translated into many languages, and he currently has over 60 international publishing deals, allowing his work to reach far and wide across the globe. What makes Carl unique is his ability to modernize angels, making them approachable and understandable to our new generation, as well as those already on their spiritual journey. So, Carl, thank you so much for taking time out to come and speak to us today. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, cool. Been looking thank forward you. to this podcast with you. Anyone that knows anything about you or that begins to look into your work and what you do you share quite openly that your first experience was of your grandmother when she passed away how did people initially respond to you being able to speak to your grandmother after her so it was after a very strange time just to kind of fill in the blanks with that i had this experience of seeing my grandmother but mm. it was after me having a virus called guillain Barr syndrome I had an autoimmune virus i was paralyzed in a wheelchair for over a year and at the same time my grandmother was also in a wheelchair with lymphoma cancer so there was like a very strong bond between us both Mm. and it was the week school was starting but it was it was a quite a traumatic week when you look back at it because my grandmother passed away I was starting school my father was caught having an affair and my mum had a bit of a breakdown so it was just like all of this happening in one week and it was a neighbour who was looking out for me and I woke up through the night but it was my grandmother was sitting at the bottom of my bed and she tickled my back but at the same time my parents were in hospital with my grandmother so I didn't think anything of it I thought she'd come home early from hospital right it was actually the next day that then I was told that she'd passed away and I I couldn't fathom what had happened because I'd been a Sunday school kid I was brought up in a pretty Christian household and Mm. you know you learn about heaven as this place that you go but you don't necessarily see people again until you go there yeah so from like from the age of four and a half I've had this big question in my head like why did I see my grandmother why could I see her no one else could see her Mm. as heaven real all these different things so it wasn't like a series of conversations it was just like this initial experience of seeing her and then I started to have um this migraine headache from after that and it lasted 11 years I had this migraine headache it was just like torturing me it was you know messing with my sight and making me really sick and I was missing a lot of school that must have been an and, absolute nightmare for the for the doctors to help with that as well because you're probably yeah so doctors were trying to figure it out so I had also was dreaming that there was all these people standing around my bed at night and so the was it quite scary for you well you I didn't so know young. there was anything going on so my parents just thought it was I was having bad dreams mm-hmm. the doctors just initially thought this is an after effect of having such a strong virus because I had right. lots of like lumbar punctures and they'd right, done right. a lot of neuro checks yes. on me. I got electric shocks sent through my body um, to try and wow. recharge. So mm. there's I'd all these different things. So they thought it was an after effect of this. 
And then and also then, the, all the traumatic things that happened, you know, in your family when you were that age as well. Right. So there was all this stuff. And then I also started to get super sensitive to like other people's reactions and emotions. Mm-hmm. So then they thought maybe it's ADHD, maybe it's E-numbers. So yeah. there was all these different experiments, but the headache never went away. Right. And then I just kind of like fumbled through life, being a dreamer, having all these weird experiences, putting it down to headaches, nothing mm-hmm. spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to my teenage years and Buffy the vampire slayer came on tv love buffy (laughs) praise buffy and it really just sent me down the path of looking into the paranormal the unseen Mm. energy crystals all that kind of stuff Mm. and and that that kind of eventually landed me to angels that's actually something that i wanted to ask you so it's it's great that you've answered that already because you know, as someone that gets to know about your work and you get to read about how you had these experiences so young on, and then you say that you're also raised in quite a Christian family, you know, how does one navigate growing and developing through life in the Western world with these set of beliefs that are imposed on us, on, on the whole of society, you know, in, uh-huh. in the UK, for example, but also having this awareness and this very tangible experience of something that isn't taught, isn't talked about, but you know, you're super accessible and well-adjusted, for want of a better word. How how did you find that you were able to balance these two things without people, you know, pushing you to the side? Or did that happen you know, for you? The, the, the Christian thing wasn't necessarily at home. So my mum was like a loosely Christian parent, you know. Mm. It wasn't like I was drummed Bible down my throat. But I really loved learning about these things mm. and religion and all these different things. So I actually signed up to go to Sunday school as, you know, my own person. And I, I went great. from the age of four all the way up to about 15, nearly 16. Yeah. So I'm still going. And uh I also took like extra Bible classes and I also went to the Boys Brigade, which mm. is like a Christian organization. So there was like all this stuff, but I never felt like anything special was happening to me. I just thought everyone had bad dreams and everyone had these weird experiences. Mm. Mm. But then when I started getting into Buffy and like <laughs> realizing that there was more to this and I could start asking bigger questions and diving deep. I realized something spiritual was going on Mm. that was not explained by church, essentially. Yes. And I remember my Sunday school leader saying to me, Kyle, it's God or Buffy. Oh, he was making you choose. They were making me choose. And and I was like, okay, well, Buffy. So this Buffy thing was a a problem. (laughs) Buffy was a problem. And it was a problem in a lot of Christian churches, as was Harry Potter. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember? So it's just, uh, so... I went down the road of like Buffy and I got really into it and and I started messing around with crystals and all that kind of stuff. And it was a family Mm. friend who'd actually said to me, what about angels? And when I go look back, then I was really investigative with my with my thoughts. I was like, <clears throat> you know, I was I was saying I like the idea of angels. It sounds fascinating to me, but it's a Christian idea, and therefore I don't feel like that fully resonates right. with me. Yeah, and I remember this family friend saying, "No, angels are more than that. They're like beyond religion. You have one. Why don't you come upstairs and we'll pick an angel card together?" Okay, and we did that, and the card I picked was synchronicity. And when I look back, you know, such a millennial, I actually those had to go Google. Those little angel cards, those small ones with just a word on them. No, it was Diana big. Cooper ones, actually. They're okay. called Angels of the Light cards. And they, they wrote a print, this original version, but I've still got the original oh, pack. Wow. And um, it said synchronicity. And I remember Googling the words because I didn't know what it meant. And I, <laughs> you know, learned that it was like something, a chain of events that happened for a reason. And I look back then, I think, yeah, there's a synchronicity, mm. you know, 
if that happening. More not not a situation that was forced upon me, but a choice. I chose to go deeper with it. Mm. And instantly overnight, I became obsessed with the idea of angels. And I then read Diana Cooper's books initially mm. and read that if you were to ask angels for help, they could then intervene. And so my initial prayer was, if angels are real, thank you for healing my migraine. And so the next day I went to school as normal and that, the migraine didn't kick in. It just vanished. Yeah. And it, it never came back. Well, I'm so uh, happy for you that they were they were able to change that for you. So that was like the, the first visceral experience right. of like something helping me that I couldn't fathom yeah. or see. Yeah. And it fascinated me. I was like so excited. I was like, I want to learn more about this. Yes. But I always also had this unapologetic I'm going to tell people what happened to me so there was there was never like I didn't feel worried or ashamed or mm. scared I started telling people everything I'd felt yeah you know that's so wonderful that people were also receptive and open to that and open to you sharing know. it or were they not not always no okay people thought I was the weird kid at school but they're also oh, right. kind of scared <laughs> off me because of it <laughs> well you also touched upon the fact that you felt like angel was a was a Christian concept so to speak um I did want to ask you um because through your work there are different references to various beings if uh, for mm -hmm. want of a better word so I've got a question here what is the difference between spirits angels archangels ancestors and ascended masters if there is a difference and when uh -huh. we, when were you able to perceive the difference between them and how right. can how can we tell the difference I will, I will say this just to begin the conversation that labels don't necessarily matter yeah sure so that's like that that's the initial thing what's exciting is for me an angel is a non-physical being mm -hmm. so it's never had a human experience Okay. Whereas a spirit is generally a soul that's had a human experience and then returned to love. Mm. An ascended master is just generally some sort of spirit. It's still a spirit. An ascended master is a spirit. It's just someone that's had an impact on the earth, mm. an impact in the earth or a great life lesson that they continue to teach from a spiritual perspective. So, is this like you know, ascended masters that have left the body or right, prophets? Martin or Luther King, of, Bob yes. Marley, John Lennon, you know, like they're ascended masters as far as I'm concerned, but people also label ascended masters as certain deities from like Indian right, yeah, cultures. Yeah. You can also have other... Who's on the tip of your tongue? Someone... I was like, I was thinking I was going to say extraterrestrials, but I didn't want to freak anyone out. But you know, like these okay. are intergalactic, shall we say? Yeah, beyond. Um, that's what I think, anyway. Beyond the version of existence that we as humans are able to measure and perceive. Yeah, and that's, a, and a spirit, a, a, and an ancestor is exactly the same thing. It's just like the spirit of an ancestor mm. um, that you might not know. So that's, that's basically when you call upon the ancestor, you're calling upon your mother's 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 yes, mother. You know, yes. you call on that's what they are. So do they occupy the same space, ancestors yeah. and angels, or you know, yeah, they're all in all the same the above place category. I like to imagine like the universe as this gigantic big sphere and the heart of the presence of source is in the center and it's mm -hmm. expressing itself in all directions. Mm -hmm. And when we return to that, which we actually already have done so, but we're just having a physical experience. Yes. It's like we go back into the center of that incredible universe. We're all there together. Mm. So can you tell us what is the difference beyond the physical form? Mm -hmm. What is the main difference between angels and humans um what is what is their role why you know well, what I'll is, tell what you, they, why would I'm they want to help us so 
I've had a few different thoughts on this recently, and it's it's always slightly changing because I'm always adjusting, always yes, learning. Course, yeah. So for me, I'm a student of this system called the Course in Miracles, and it expresses the angels or the thoughts of God, and I really love this idea. Mm-hmm. So to help my head get around it, I was thinking if God was to be a heart, and God not being male but all-encompassing of all genders and everything in between, right? So just um, a higher power in, in This higher in power, general. source of creation, yes. the universe, you know? If that presence was a heart, every time the heart is to beat, the beat would be an angel. Mm -hmm. So like an angel is an expression of the divine heart or the divine mind, Mm -hmm. never separate from it, always one with it. And A Course in Miracles also says that human beings are the thoughts of God. So I really like that because it's never creating a difference between a human and an angel. So I like to think that the angels are kind of like our spiritual siblings just expressing in a different form. Mm. And I think that the reason the angels want to help us is simply that, that they are our siblings, you know, but are not limited by form or time. Right. And so that's they're, they're they're trying to help out their family. Like that's ultimately what they're they're trying to do. What, why? With more of a sort of form um, and a material world question. Why would they want to? What's in it for them? What did they get out of well, I'll helping tell you us? what it is. I think love wants to guide love back to love. Oh, that's beautiful. So you know, I see that the angels are watching us, and it's like we've forgotten about, and we do continually forget mm. about our greatness and our mm. connection and our our holiness. And so, in those moments of what the course calls madness it tries to lead us back home. Mm. So I love this idea that human beings are made up the particles of stars. You know, I don't know if you've heard about that, you know, like physics is now starting to tell us all these cool things. And I love the (laughs) idea that before we were in this body, we were in the stars. And so that's why I feel so connected to the stars and I look up because I used to be there. Mm. And I think the angels were there with us. Mm. And it's like the reason we're feeling so drawn to understanding angels or connecting with them is because not because it just changed our lives, but because it's a remembrance of where we were before. Mm. You know, so the study of angels, the experience of angels isn't actually a learning one. It's a remembrance. We're remembering our starry origins. Okay. Uh, that's what I like about it. Yeah, very nice. So that's why we might feel perhaps drawn to certain ones as opposed to other ones. Um, before I talk about that, I just since we're talking about the sort of um, existence of them, are they organised beings? So right, the way we have this structure... Right, because speaking about archangels earlier on. So yes. that's more human. Right. That's more human, like theological. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, from it's actually from Catholic mm, yes. tradition that yes, the... Yes the hierarchy of angels was shared with the world. (laughs) I don't necessarily use that, but I I teach it. I've spoken about it and I share about it in my books because it's something that's been acknowledged within the theology of angels. But as time has went on, and especially over the last seven years or so since I wrote Angel Prayers, I've been less worried about hierarchies and all this kind of thing, because I think we've got enough problems with that down here on there. <laughs> yeah, so I was just wondering, because I've heard people refer to, you know, the angel of a specific place on Earth, or the angel of, for example, just the environment, for example. And I believe that, like, yes. works. They take responsibility. Know, there's a reason for that, I'll tell you. Archangels have become, like, the superstar angels, or, like, the celebrities of the angel <laughs> dom. And I think that's really helpful for many people, like, to have an angel that many people trust. Right. You know, then it becomes, like, a 
universal name that, that can be used in prayer or whatever. Mm. The way angels have been understood or how people get to why angels are for certain subjects or certain things is based on the Hebrew interpretation of their name. So like Michael's name means he who is like God. So it's been looked at as the powerful angel like That's God right. or Raphael, which means God heals. So it becomes the healing angel. Mm. So it's, it's actually Hebrew interpretations of their name that have revealed gifts essentially. That's beautiful. And, and you know, I feel like I could go on on this topic specifically about how they're organized and things like that. Because uh, one yeah, of the I'll, things... I'll just say this to you, that, you know, I don't think necessarily the universe is organized. I think to help the human mind comprehend what's going on spiritually, it might be easier to imagine them like a workforce and the CEO is <laughs> God and, the, you know, like the CEO is an archangel and blah, blah, mm. blah. Like that could be a helpful thing. Mm. But when I've experienced angels, and this is what really changed it for me, is that angels look at me as equal. They don't mm. look at me as you are the child and I am the ascended one. It's always like heart to heart, eyes to eyes. Right. They're just as fascinated by us as we are by them. So our ancestors potentially occupy that space. So do we move between those realms or do we eventually have the opportunity to become angels? Do angels have the opportunity to so take human form? So here's what I found is I think the reason we've made a differentiation between angels and human is just because we've had a soul and we've had a life, mm -hmm. and whereas an angel's never had necessarily been embodied. Within that and finite certain time. angel teachers have fell out of me over this, I have to say, because I've since changed a lot of my ideas on okay. it i've said that i think that children who didn't get to live long enough can become angels mm -hmm. I, i've always spoken about that and and i i also believe that there's some people that walk the earth who are like angels you know like yes. so amazing in service and so i think who am i to say that somebody can't become an angel like i don't know all right. of the truths of the universe so i have i've received some criticism by peers for that because it's been a common theme in the angel world that angels are down from the divine and all this but i've really tried to create a sense of equality with the divine you know i don't think god looks down i think god looks in yeah so do we all have these angels around us i really believe that everyone has handfuls of angels with them at all times and that they're just waiting to be called upon and what i i, I always like to say that angels are god and drag appearing to us <laughs> in a personified form so that we can create our very own relationship with the divine that's ultimately their right. purpose and we are their purpose you know like yes, they are yeah. dedicated to our being and so if we don't call upon them we're leaving love. someone jobless <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay so, so we're all doing each other a bit of a service they're uplifting us bringing us back to love so we're being elevated from it that we're sort of fulfilling their uh, destiny and purpose I suppose as angels as well to take us back to that, right. that place so you're saying that we need to call upon them and one of the things that you've shared is that especially now in the digital age they're able to tap into what's around us to make themselves more known to us right how did you come across the angelic destiny number can you talk to us about that did the angels oh, yeah. make you aware of this so um, that was that was just it? more of i'll tell you the story about that well f first things first what i'll say is i think angels are consistently present but we are not right and i believe that they are as loud as our willingness to listen and i think angels can be hard to hear if we've never listened to ourselves it's like mm. that's the theory that i follow so if you've spent 20 years ignoring your inner voice mm. then it can be really difficult to hear beyond you so i feel like in order to connect with the angels we have to start with us first and hear ourselves 
Is that different to your gut and your intuition, or is there a similarity? I feel like the intuition is like the iPhone for the angels. They speak through (laughs) it. But what I've also come to understand is that because we are not fully present with ourselves or hearing ourselves, the angels have started to use external things to get their messages to us. Mm. And so angel numbers is one of the big hot topics in, in my community where we're talking about seeing 1111 or yeah. all these different numbers appearing on, on clocks or seeing things. But signs are not new. Like, that's a thing. Mm. Like, it's not a new thing. It's been around for centuries and indigenous tribes believed in seeing certain animals revealed certain pieces of information. Mm. You know, like, it's, it's not yes. new. The idea of seeing things external as a message you know, druids interpreted clouds, like different things happened. So different traditions have had that. I think now we're in this digital age, the universe sees us looking at screens constantly. Mm. So it started to use certain things to get in touch. I think numbers are universal because they go beyond language. Mm. And it's also what's used to calculate the coming together of the universe. Like, Is there a link between angelic numbers, angelic destiny numbers and numerology? And are they well, you know, part of the same thing? When I or? wrote the book, it wasn't anything to do with numerology. Okay. And then it was after that I came up with the idea of creating an angelic destiny number calculator. And then I just used what I'd written about angel numbers as the interpretation. And I thought, I wonder if this will actually work. And I, I gave it a bash. I tried it out on the press, the UK broad press. It was the first people to try it. So like I was sitting at a press launch with like the Daily Mail and like lots of different other people. And I took all their numbers and I worked it out for them and they were all blown away. Wow. Wow. So I was like, okay, this is pretty. This is pretty accurate. And how have you, you tried it? No, I have not. Okay, I created a calculator on my website and you okay. put in your name and it calculates your number. It's pretty fun. Okay, I'm going to definitely look that up. You mentioned 1111 and this right. is the one that you always, you know, people have memes about it. You see people talking about it all the time. If you can tell us, because I know you dive into it in much more detail in your book, but for this one as an example, what does 1111 mean? So I'll say this. I've been seeing 1111 since I had a Nokia phone. Right, wow. so how long ago was that? Just a few years ago. <laughs> a few years ago, right? So I've I've been seeing it. Uh, used to pick up my phone before I could read twenty four hour. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, I had a phone and I used to see these numbers lining. Like, I thought this is strange. And mm. being a millennial, I googled it mm-hmm. to get the answer, like I do with everything else. <laughs> and so yeah, I yeah. was been googling it, and there was different ideas, and I was like, okay, I can't get clarity on it. So I just sat with yeah. it for years, and and then I remember one day in a meditation practice, I was like, I'm gonna ask the angels what does 1111 mean Mm -hmm. and i remembered in this meditation seeing a bunch of different things happen at once so i saw martin luther king i saw bob marley like i've referred to them before Mm. i saw hindus praying at temple i saw muslims praying at mecca i saw christians i saw people from all different races and then Mm -hmm. i just heard this message we are all one and I realized that it's an old message we've heard a million times. So when you see 1111 showing up on the clock, it's reminding you that you are one with the everything that is and ever will be. Mm. So every thought, every choice, every action, every non-action is all contributing to the whole of the universe. And so mm. it's like a call to action when you see 1111, you know, inviting you to show up for the universe 
and essentially be an angel on earth. So for all of our listeners that might be seeing these numbers or that know someone that keeps telling them, oh, I keep saying this number everywhere, um, it's a message for us to, to show up. Yeah, and you know, I, I uh, have very fond memories of 11.11 with Mind Body Spirit Festival as well because we did a giant show on the 11th of the 11th, yeah. 2011. Um, <laughs> and 11.11, Mel Carlyle ran a big <laughs> ceremony. Yes. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. That's amazing. It was a special day. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to look that up as well. Look that up through our archives. <laughs> yeah, you'll see it. I was literally standing on a podium above the audience, supposed to be like a person holding the space, and I was crying my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. I always feel like the spirit world wants us to get to that point where we where we cry these diamond tears cry of gratitude. Open, yeah. yeah, and they're like, yes, we got them. <laughs> Light. The light is entering. So um, does the year 2020 count as an angel number? I guess it would, yeah. You know, 20 is an angel number on its own. So twos are about union coming together and zeros are about God. Okay. So when you get 2020, it's about partnerships coming together. Anything that's broken is now to be mended. So it's about unity, filling in gaps or um, healing holes in relationships. So that's pretty perfect for where we are in the world right now. Yes. Um, If these angels are around us and we're talking about potentially seeing these signs or prompts or indicators for us to show up, do we need people to help us interpret what the angels are saying? Is it important to develop and tune that skill ourselves for ourselves you know one of the things i've always had an emphasis on i'm not special and we're all equal and i think that there's something really important about hearing your own guidance and connecting with that i think Mm. it can be exciting to get a spiritual person or an angel communicator or a medium to tell you information but there's something more even more sacred about receiving your own messages Mm. and what i've found about angels is it's not overly complicated sometimes it's just simple messages like say no uh just like little things so i think we all can develop that capacity yeah um but it's through hearing ourselves first like i say yes know thyself know thy angels that's what Uh, i always say and how do we get to know ourselves more i think it's about being completely honest with ourselves about how we feel for a start you know at the start of every meditation i always just say like feel your body and if there's a part of your body that you feel is like sore or aching or painful put your hand on it and just like talk to it you know like Mm. many of us will get an ache or a pain and we'll acknowledge it or we'll know it's there but we'll also kind of just avoid it and just hope it goes away yes you know just like being tender with ourselves and like holding that part of our body i think that can be really lovely yeah so like that's a, a genuine way to start but also can be about connecting with a truth that you might not want to be one with you know something you might not like about your life or your world or it can be that but it also can be an offering yourself uh approval you know if you feel like you've done a good job with something then you've maybe never given yourself a pat on the back or mm. and you know that's these... just simple things yeah and these things can be enough to create that awakening or opening up to be able to right. communicate or perceive the angels yeah because what i've always found is the angel work is is not like big and boom it's more subtle and easy mm. and gentle mm. and when you start just being open to yourself connecting to your body doing mm. all these things then the other messages start to appear quite naturally yes talking about how they were using technology to show up within the last few years i know there was a big boom of it a few years ago i'm seeing less and less of it at the moment if i'm honest but when we had that shift from analog to digital 
and people started orbs. seeing orbs. Yes, exactly. They started seeing right. orbs in their pictures and people would describe these as angels. Right. Um, can you talk about talk about different that? thoughts different opinions existed i was a little bit more skeptical with that mm. to be honest with you you know there was certain tv shows that had orbs on them and stuff and it was all about hauntedness on and, you know the like shows. they were always like looking for these orbs and stuff it never felt authentic for me mm. to talk about it because i didn't really know too much about it certain speakers and authors have suggested angels to appear as orb form and I have to say, just from a theological perspective, that's not a new idea. If you actually go back into Hebrew text and study the book of Ezekiel and his mm -hmm. vision, he actually spoke about angels appearing to him as circular forms right. um, of light, which is really interesting. Because that's not them. how you describe your experience of seeing angels, right? It was quite different. Quite different, but the angels appeared to Ezekiel as these burning ones of light, they called mm -hmm. them, or burning ones, which meant light then because they didn't have light switches, they had right. fire. Yes. So I think it's important to acknowledge that orbs aren't new, even though it might have been a rage for us. Mm -hmm. It's quite ancient. Mm -hmm. Thousands of years have spoke about it. But for me, when I've ever experienced angels, I've always experienced them as human, humanoids. Do you think that's because they want us to feel... I think More it's because I'm really imaginative as well. <laughs> Talk, like talking... I think it helps that I'm a dreamer, you know, like yes. I, I can really meditate. You know, yes. if I meditate, I can sit for 40 minutes and like yes. seriously yes. go somewhere. Mm. So like that for me has always been a skill just because I think I'm a dreamy person. Does imagination uh, have a big role to play in the form in which we perceive angels? Because I know that there are various cars, like you mentioned earlier, where there's a picture of them or they're depicted in some way. Have all of the angels been seen or will they keep showing up in different forms? I think they'll show up in different ways. Ultimately, they're formless. They don't actually yes. have an image or a, right. a likeness, but I feel like they've used that as a vehicle to get messages across. Mm -hmm. like, the first time I ever saw an angel, I was not expecting to see an angel, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I was just like a family friend's barbecue, practicing doing angel card readings. And mm -hmm. then I had this experience of hearing music which was Destiny's Child. Yes, yeah, I read about I that. I don't know if you've heard about this story or not. Yeah. And, and And then, like, the message of survival was, like, what was coming through. And I saw, like, this gigantic being of light. It looked like the movie Cocoon, if you've ever seen it, <laughs> yeah. behind this guy and this being with eyes as dark as the night sky looking into me. And what was really important when I look at that experience and I reflect upon it was how naked I felt. Like there was nothing I could hide. Mm. You know, it was all on the open. Mm. And the angel then said in my mind, tell this man he's a survivor, happened to be a survivor of suicide. So it was like all these, you know, incredible things. And for me, I saw this like physical being. And then over the years, I've had different ways. Like sometimes I wake up through the night and there's like an actual presence in the room. Yes. Sometimes I just hear like this voice. And I've also had like weird moments where I'm lost driving somewhere. And like one night I was, when I was much younger, I was driving to do a demonstration for a charity somewhere. And I got lost in the middle of a, a country road and I was freaking out. Mm. And it was before Google Maps and... I said, I should be sponsored by Google because I've given them a lot of <laughs> shouts. Hit me up, Google. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I remember just like praying. I was like, dear God, thank you so much for sending an angel to guide me. And walking up the country road was this little old woman. Like walked up the country road and she, she said in broad Scots, you know, are you lost, son? And I was like, yeah, I'm really lost. 
and she said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going here. And she went, oh, do, 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 and like told me where to go. Mm. And so she said, you need to do a burly, which means a turn right. in Scottish. So I went to do a burly. <laughs> so I was going to like burly and then say thank you on the way back. And I did the burly and she was gone. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was like so, unbelievable. So you weren't I'm scared like, or have you been scared in these processes? Because I can angels, imagine. It's always love. Yes, but for example, when you saw this, you said this figure with the with the black burning eyes, or all this, you I'm know, old lady yeah. sitting in a a barbecue. There's right. like a barbecue happening ten feet away from me, yeah. and I'm no one else could see this. Mm. You know, I thought I've lost it, right? Like okay. originally, and then so maybe more of an internal fear of oh, cool, I'm losing my mind, as opposed to right, uh, exactly. this being like trying to is, this, get the fear, me. The fear of being judged rather than yes. is this happening. But I was also frozen in the chair. You know, I couldn't move. Mm. No, was that I've because never... of your fear or because of because of the spirits or the angels trying to uh... I've never felt scared when an angel arrives because there's like this whole love and acceptance that arrives when mm. they're there okay you know they're already here they're like here right yeah, now yeah I was they... going to say because you say when they arrive but then you've also said they're around us all the they're time they're here all the time but we need to arrive where they are yeah, uh, vibrationally rather than physically yeah it's like we need to get present okay as a special thank you for listening to your wellbeing podcast we're offering a 10% off all tickets at the London Wellbeing Festival 2020. All you need to do is visit the website and use promo code PODCAST10. Only valid on online sale, terms and conditions available online. So for the people listening, what you're talking about, um, having a higher purpose and, and things like that, do you think everyone that's on the path of wellbeing is of that vibration and open to more you know one thing i'll say to you is i think that every single person on this earth has an opportunity to live with purpose but mm. i don't think there's a designated higher purpose for us all mm. it's more we're given opportunities and we can go one way or the other with them mm. and then if we deal with an opportunity in a particular way it can have a greater purpose for the bigger picture mm. so i think um i want to say that when you talk about purpose it can make a lot of spiritual people feel guilty because mm. we're always like oh my god i need to be a more right, service right. i need to the, yeah. you know but we can also get sucked into the day-to-day -day world of trying to pay bills and yes, you know yes. all these things so i don't think the universe is at expectation mm. or in expectation of us but i also think we all have an opportunity to contribute to a greater purpose and i think anything done with joy is purposeful that's a really lovely tagline as well anything done with joy is is purposeful um yeah. would the angels ever try and get us to do something that might be a bit uh, less uh, you know this sort of uh, important message of purpose no they never want us they never tell us to do anything unless it's life or death right okay uh, these are called moments of grace um, when they step in and get in the way if something's going to be life-changing and we've already set in the wheels of motion vibrationally or through intention something that's to happen and if we have a thing that's unfolding for our life and then we're going to die and that won't happen the angels can intervene so yeah. that's why it. that's why certain people are saved and some people are not it's really interesting yeah i know i get annoyed about that a lot it's something i get you know frustrated about but as far as a, an angel is concerned we're mm. always going home anyway right so um one of the interesting things that you've worked on as well is energy protection speaking right. about you know how these angels operate and how they can intervene 
Um, can you tell us about energy protection and how we can protect ourselves? So I'll be honest, I think that all of us are sensitive. Mm-hmm. I think all of us have a capacity to feel beyond the human senses. And I'll give you an example of that from a millennial perspective. <laughs> we as beings have learned to intuit how someone feels from a text message. How can we do that? Do you right? think we you have can... learned how to do that? Because people still struggle. <laughs> Some people struggle, but a lot of people can. You, you can look, especially if it's someone that's extremely close to you. Right. Be able to tell if they're off just by what they write or how they write it or right. just a, a something. So we are constantly intuiting the world. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in this world, there's a lot of harshness, like yes. energetically being expressed. And I think that we are like sponges or vacuums. Everywhere we go, we're picking up information. Mm. We can also make sure that we're only picking up certain types of information information so that we can essentially care for ourselves for example if you live in a big city and you've got sensitive skin you should be using a certain moisturizer so you don't pick up all the dirt for example your energy is exactly the same you can be picking up dirt everywhere you go Mm -hmm. and so you can learn how to cleanse tone and moisturize that energy (laughs) so that you keep it in a, a certain state so i speak a lot about this because i think that if we learn to look after our energy i think we can also contribute towards our well-being mm-hmm. you know and energy protection works in different ways we can call upon angels to clear our energy we can call upon our goddess or a higher power we mm-hmm. can call upon an ancestor whatever feels good to you but i also think it's about protecting ourselves and i also think it's about action steps like saying no when we really mean it like that's energy protection too because mm. a lot of us feel guilted into doing things we don't want to do right and that you know and when you when you submit on that level i think you also just surrender to what's going to happen to you and you become a victim of circumstance whereas energy protection is about telling the universe i want to direct my will and my life yes can that can that work both ways because you've got you know you talk about one side of of not shutting things down and allowing yourself to remain open but can it also protect those of us who might, you know, you, you, you hear of people That's becoming a, a bit raw question. when they're so exposed to stuff. They, there's this raw uncomfortability with some people that are too open to everything as well, you know, because we need to function as a world, as a global society to some extent. So does it work both ways? Yeah, I think that's a brilliant way of looking at it. And I'll say that, yes, I think it can work both ways, mm. without doubt. The way I like to describe it is you want your energy to be like a rose that's blooming but not fully. Right. You no, know, you want it to like it's cracking open and letting light in in order for it to grow but it's not fully bloomed and fully exposed because mm-hmm. i actually teach in one of my books that in order to experience the angels we have to drop shields yeah right so i actually think exactly. shields and protection are two different things you know i think that we can drop shields and barriers so there's it's not necessarily about seeing the angels but more allowing ourselves to be seen by the angels right. and not all of us are fully willing to be fully seen you know, like we don't want someone to see all the bumps, lumps, cracks and everything in between. So I think that's what the shields are about. But I think when I talk about energy protection, it's about a protection that's kind of like a sieve. It lets certain mm. energies in, right? but make sure others don't come through. Have you ever struggled with not being protected from these energies? Is that a skill you've had to learn as well as all of these other things? Because I imagine, again, if we talk about how young you were when you started um, perceiving all of these things around you, there must have been skills that you had to develop along the way just to protect yourself and to be a functioning member of society. Yeah, you know, I, I'll talk about it as... Even before we were speaking about this, we're talking about body and gymming and all that. That's yes. always been my my wound. You know, it's something right. I've been very vocal about that 
my wound has always been my body. And before I started doing energy protection mm. on an energetic level, I would do it on a physical level with food. Right. And I would actually have energy protection. So at one point in my life, I was like 22 stones, which is like massive for a, you know, a, a boy. And it's because I wasn't learning how to protect myself energetically. So I tried to put on extra layers of protection physically. Did it help? And the, no, but it was just like a way of me numbing yes. pain. And so when I started to learn how to feel safe, then eventually started losing lots and lots of weight. Mm. Can you tell us about how crystals might help protect our energies as well with this? Is there a link between them and I um, I love crystals. I'm like Is it linked? Are they linked crystals. To like I've got one here right now. Which one I is that you've got? It's a spodamine or kunzite. What's what's that one for? Yep, I can see it. What's that yeah, one? Yeah, it's for? about it was a pink it's pink kunzite. Uh, it's about higher love, connecting with the divine love, uh, receptive love. That's what it's all about. But I've always loved crystals. It's the first thing I really got interested in before mm. angels. Crystals mm-hmm. were my subject and it was the first thing I learned on a spiritual uh, level I went and studied crystal therapy so I've always been really interested and I like to describe crystals as the angels of the earth right you know they're like wisdom keepers of the earth and they have so much wisdom and information from the heart of the great mother um, that can help us Mm. so in my courses I always teach people to you can use a crystal as like a psychic dagger to cut away from energies Uh, cut away from your energy energies that are less than good and i've got a big gigantic crystal samurai basically and you can (laughs) we do this big ceremony and you cut away the energy it's really fun so yeah i think crystals can be great ways to help connect our energy and also remove energies that aren't good but also they can be magnifiers of good energy Mm -hmm. you know so when i'm meditating i always surround myself in crystals and have them lying on top of me fact funny story was in germany at the weekend on tour and I had this new meditation mask on with surround sound. It yeah. blocks out light, blocks out sound. It's amazing. Lying on the bed, only in a pair of Y fronts. <laughs> and I have crystals all over me. And what's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, I don't want Someone to say it. Someone comes in the room. <laughs> okay. oh I mean, that must have been a sight. I'm lying there with a giant oh face God. mask on. Who was it? Who came in? It was one of the housekeepers coming okay, to the store. Okay, so not someone bar. that's uh, used to you and your work and what you do. It's but I mean, be like, I, behind my head, I had like a picture of Mary, Jesus, Archangel <laughs> Michael. I had crystals all over my body, a big <laughs> VR mask on. Pretty funny. How do you know they came in if you were blocked from sight and sound? Certain beings oh. told me. <laughs> Of course, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I just heard someone's in the room and I, and I said, do I need to be concerned? And they said no. And then the guy came back and he's like, I'm really sorry for coming in the room while you were um, napping, sir. Napping. I was like, oh, is that what you call it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant i like that you just carried on and this person probably like, had a I moment just, as well i asked a question that i was like do i need to worry about my my watch <laughs> <laughs> oh so that's what you were more worried about <laughs> that's brilliant it's a very special watch so, you know. <laughs> okay so carl what tell us what is next in store for carl gray what can people expect from you um this year in 2020 and in the coming months you know, it's just it's just one of those. I'm not really sure where the year's going just yet, but I I just know that it's going to be a great year. Yeah. And uh, I have a new Oracle deck coming out in November, which I'm oh, really excited about. Yeah. And, uh, what can people expect from that? Just uh, one of the things I've always worked on in Oracle decks is I've always tried to create a diverse image of the angels. Like I don't want angels to be exclusively white because that's that's never what I've experienced. I've always tried to make diverse oracles. So 
I remember seeing angels dancing in the temples of India when I went to study there. And mm. so it's just like angels are everywhere. So yeah, diverse in this decks, I've definitely went a bit more gender neutral with the angels as well. So like genderless, which is pretty exciting. So very vibrant uh, yeah. pictures of angels that you couldn't tell where they came from. That's actually yeah. reminded me of that film. I can't remember. I want to say dogma but i don't think that's the one and there's an angel and he's there in this long leather coat and yeah and someone dogma. sees him and then uh he doesn't have Alana, genitals Alanis Morissette said yes, the, she's god oh was that a spoiler for yeah, anyone that hasn't seen it, it right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then the angel you know he's quite sassy and they're saying oh but you don't have parts and he's like what's your point <laughs> I loved that and that clearly clearly left an impression on me although you know however long ago that film was well, as well very so. cool because Alanis Morissette has my angel cards oh so she does point, so, oh yeah. fantastic so Kyle in each episode we ask our presenters to give us a quick mantra a meditation uh, what might be really interesting is to give our audience a takeaway to help them connect with angels in their lives where's the best place for them to start so angels respond to an invitation and that's what i've always liked to share about them they need to be invited into your world because you have this gift of free will you get to choose you know the direction of your life what happens with it where you go from here mm. and so inviting them into your world gives them an opportunity to really help you connect and uh, send you signs that they're with you so i've got this two prayer thing mm -hmm. that i always do and if you have like a meditation practice this is an, an amazing place just to incorporate these two prayers so the first one is really simple it's this thank you angels for reminding me of your presence so that's like, it's just a really simple thing. And what I've always found is that a lot of people ask the angels for a sign. And I found that a lot of people are doing that kind of in a fear-based way. Like, please send me a sign that I'm on the right path or all these different things. And I've always found that when a sign shows up, it's because you're already on the right path. Mm. So thank you, angels, for reminding me of your presence. It allows them to initiate some sort of experience that they're with you. And then this, the second one is to open up to their guidance. And it's, um, thank you, angels, for revealing to me what I need to know. And what I need to know is so different to what I want to know. Yes. You know, because we all ask in prayer a question, but the question might not always be for our highest good. Mm. So if you say, thank you, angels, for revealing to me what I need to know, in the perfect time-space sequence, information that will support your journey will be revealed to you oh, so stuff. every morning i just set a timer on my phone for five minutes i just sit for five minutes and there's two prayers that come out of my mouth mm. thank you angels for reminding me of your presence and thank you angels for revealing to me what i need to know i sit for five minutes even if nothing happens even if i don't have a visceral response or see anything mm. i just trust that that's all going to unwind throughout the day and it does Amazing. So is five minutes enough for people to, to five start Five minutes with? is perfect. You know, most of us don't have enough time. Even if you're yes. like on the commute to work or whatever, just set a timer on your phone for five minutes and vow not to move or open your eyes for five minutes. And the more you do that, the more you start to be able to listen and then eventually things start happening. Wow, that's really exciting. It's a real um, quick takeaway for our listeners to be able super to Super quick, super easy. And I'll say this to you, that there's a few things that you need to know when it comes to the angels mm -hmm. is that you are enough. You don't have to, you know, do anything to deserve their presence. Mm -hmm. Just by being who you are is enough for them to support you. Mm -hmm. You know, 
remember that everyone's equal remember that you know me experiencing this doesn't make me more special or more spiritual than you you've got this too we've came from the same source we're going back to that same source so you are enough well that's great kyle sadly that bringing us to the to the end of the session i've absolutely loved talking to you i hope you've enjoyed talking to me as well thank you so much uh, thank you for for taking the time out for us today and for having such a great chat and enlightening our listeners as well about everything that is uh, kyle gray thank you so much thank you so much kyle for more information about the wellbeing festival visit mindbodyspirit.co.uk i've been your host parvani vias and this episode was produced by josh roberts and our sound engineer erin Milliken. Thanks for listening and we'll be back very soon.